We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And we have some roster cuts and some injuries to talk about. So let's dive in. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Recording this Monday, and the 49ers announced their first batch of roster cuts. They have to be, they have to have 85 players on their roster by 1 p.m. Tuesday. So they made a few of their cuts a day early. Josh Hokett, a fullback, was let go, as was wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson and defensive lineman Tomasai Laulile. The big surprise, or at least the minor surprise, was cornerback Darquez Denard was among those released. So that makes a lot of news and a lot of moving parts in the 49ers secondary, Chris. We have Denard, who was the presumed starter at slot corner, now gone. He's been he's been released after after your guy Sammy Womack's big preseason debut. We'll talk about that. But also there's a bunch of injuries in the secondary, including hamstring strains for Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley. Those are seem those are supposed to be more minor but Kyle Shanahan on Monday announced that Jimmy Jimmy Ward suffered a pretty bad hamstring strain that puts his week one status in jeopardy so now the 49ers will have even more moving parts Shanahan said they might add another player to its safety they might move some of their guys that are competing at nickel back to safety um what what are they going to do <laughs> what are the 49ers going to do in in the secondary right now, uh, assuming Jimmy Ward is not available at free safety, what do you think their starting starting secondary looks like in Week One? I would guess it's Tarvarius Moore, but I mean, if the if there's a good if there's a silver lining to all these injuries, it's that you know we're still in the middle of August, and uh, I think Ward is the only guy um, who's in danger of missing Week One against the Bears with that current injury. But no, I would say. 
Tarverius Moore um, and Talano Hufango probably start. I don't know that they would feel great about um, George Odom having to play defense for any substantial amount of time. He was a guy they brought in to to play special teams. And mm-hmm. I would think they'd probably be more inclined to play Dante Johnson at safety, who's um, in the practices that I've watched, he's almost worked exclusively at safety. And I think that's important because they feel pretty good about how uh, his ability to play cornerback both outside and inside. Um, he's injured too. He's dealing with fractured rib cartilage. Yeah, that that also doesn't sound like a significant injury. I mean, uh, the really <laughs> football's uh, wild. <laughs> football football's wild. The, the, fractured rib cartilage. Nah. Yeah, I mean, the upshot here is like you obviously want everybody to be healthy all the time, but mm-hmm. it it is the middle of August. But it's also, you know, the the 49ers, as we speak, are probably on a plane getting to Minnesota for their joint practices on Wednesday and Thursday before the preseason game on Saturday. And like, that's good work, right? Like you'd mm-hmm. want your guys to be able to get that work in. Um, but I would say in Jimmy Ward's case, probably in Charvarius Ward's case, and maybe Emmanuel Mosley's case, like you've probably seen enough from those guys that you don't like have to have them get in those practices this week. Mm-hmm. for you to feel okay about them heading into the regular season but yeah i mean the injuries are problematic kyle shanahan said that they're a product of the starts and stops in the schedule like guys coming off off days and then mm-hmm. coming back and and injuring themselves so i don't really know that you can that that there's a whole lot you can do about it it's better that it's you know a hamstring strain than um, something more significant, certainly mm-hmm. like you, you look at, you know, you take a step back and look at the bigger picture from an injury standpoint, like the 49ers haven't lost anybody, you know, knock on wood for a substantial amount of time, right? Like mm-hmm. this isn't like when they lost, um, Jeff Wilson jr. To his torn knee ligament in June of last year, or Justin school towards ACL in, in OTAs. Um, more got hurt too yeah Tarverius Moore tore his Achilles during OTAs last year so it's not it's not that situation it's just a little bit more minor but yeah it's problematic because it's it's now three quarters of your starting secondary Um, and so you know it's not ideal but I think for now I I think that the again the silver lining is that it's happening well before the start of the regular season and there's there's still you know there's still almost a month before the regular season starts Mm-hmm. So, Jimmy Ward's a good player, but at least for the 49ers' sake, Tavarius Moore is somebody who's played a decent amount and uh, and can play right. free safety. Although he is coming off the Achilles injury that caused him to miss all of last season. I think in in this part of the calendar too, injury. I don't want to say they make more of injuries, but they, I think they hold out players longer than they than they normally would and make the injuries seem more significant than than they might be. That that's not the case with Jimmy Ward, obviously, because Shanahan said his his week one status is in question. But he said Eric Armstead, for example, who sprained his MCL in the first week of camp, he basically said if Armstead had to go, he could. Right. But they're gonna ease him back in because there's no Traverius Ward doesn't need to be rushed onto the field. Emmanuel Mosley doesn't need to be rushed onto the field where they can aggravate this injury. They're gonna make sure they are fully healthy healed and ready to go 100%. Like Eric Armstead could stay out until the first week of of the season. Like they 
start practicing that first week and be good to go. Same thing with Mosley and Ward. So I, I think that's that's part of the reason too that they're holding these guys out as long as they are is they don't <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna rush them back in in mid August. Yeah, and if you're somebody like Ambry Thomas or Diamador Lenore um, or just anybody lower in the depth chart, like this is a good opportunity for you to show out at practice against a pretty good receiving core, right? Like you're going to go yeah. up, up against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are it's going to be really good reps for those guys. I'd imagine the 49ers defense is going to play as well against those guys as it would obviously with with their starters, but that's good work for those guys. And and I think those guys, particularly in Lenore's case, really need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I you look at the early portion of the schedule and like, you know, the Bears week one is looking like more and more of a blessing for the 49ers as time goes on, because I mean, the Bears, I just don't think the Bears are going to be any good. And I don't sure. think necessarily that the 49ers have to rush anybody back. You're not a big uh, Bayless Jones guy? No, I have no idea who that is. I'm assuming <laughs> you just made that person up. Um, the 25-year-old rookie wide receiver they drafted out of Tennessee. He had ah, a visit fair. with the 49ers. That's why I know the name. Go oh, ahead. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're a big visits guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, you know, the having the Bears week one, the 49ers could probably come out of there with a win without a couple of their guys if they need to, I would think. But like, yeah, during the regular did, season, yeah, during ahead. the regular season, guys practice or their or guys don't practice. And then, you know, they play Sundays and they play through injuries because those games matter. Mm-hmm. To your point, like now these games don't matter. So it's all about just getting healthy. Yeah. And so yep. I would I would imagine there are a couple of the guys, particularly like in Armstead's case, I saw him. Matt Barrows posted a video of him working out and I I saw him working out on Sunday too um, at practice. So yeah, I not overly concerned yet. I think for the most part, the 49ers have had relatively good injury luck compared to what it could have been in the past. You remember mm-hmm. like, you know, Nick Bosa's rookie year in 2019, he had a high ankle sprain, like in the first week of training camp, Yeah, that pretty much wiped out his training camp in preseason. And they still came in and played at a high level. Like, they haven't had one of those yet. They've had some nagging hamstring things, but nothing, no like structural ligament type injuries. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a positive so far. And, and you know, knock on wood for their case that that, that remains the status quo. The injury we did not talk about is in the other backfield. Elijah Mitchell dealing with an also dealing with a hamstring injury. And this is why I I did not take a super close look at your 53 man projection, but there's still I had, time. I had the, I had the 49ers keeping four running backs, but given that Elijah Mitchell is already dealing with an injury and after he missed six games last year because of a bunch of different injuries, like remember last year, he didn't miss, he missed six games and it wasn't like he missed five games with one injury and then missed another one he missed six games kind of chopped up with different ailments. Right. And now he already has this hamstring injury. And that's not to say that, you know, he's going to for sure miss six games again. But if you're the 49ers and you're looking at your backfield and you're looking at what they went through the last couple of years, trying to find able, especially last year, like Jaquez Patrick. And I think they signed like, What's the who is a guy from uh, Detroit? Carry on Johnson, I think, was on the team for a minute. Yep, and he was crazy. So I, I, I actually had them keeping five running backs 
specifically because Elijah Mitchell is already dealing with a hamstring injury that isn't isn't supposed to affect him going into week one. But it's just given what we saw from him last year, that's not a great sign, even in the middle of August. Yeah, so that was one of the reasons why I went through the exercise of of just kind of making a 53-man roster projection that I that I tweeted out today. Um, in honor of your birthday, by the way, happy birthday. Thank you're, wel- you. you're welcome. Yeah. Thank um, you. It's I have it printed out and it's on my fridge. <laughs> I can sign it next time. Next I was time really I hoping you would. Yeah. Um, so they uh they they typically keep four halfbacks. Like they they've often kept four halfbacks and Kyle Uzcheck and when 53 right. man rosters are set at the start of each season since Kyle Shanahan's been there. But to your point, like carry on Johnson, Jaquez Patrick. Even Jeff Wilson was a guy who came up from the practice squad mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. So, like, they've, they've had to dip into the practice squad and even sign guys off other practice squads over the last couple of years while dealing with all the attrition that they've dealt with in their running back room. And, yeah, so that I I went with five halfbacks because they actually have five NFL halfbacks. I mean, no matter how you feel about Trey Sermon, um, I still think he's an NFL player and probably worth keeping over uh, over, you know, leaving that spot to, to, you know, have to find a, a practice squad player elsewhere. I just don't know, like where on the back end of the roster, you're really sacrificing somebody, I don't know, a backup defensive end. Like, I just, I think there's there, it, it definitely makes sense for the 49ers to keep five halfbacks in Mitchell, Wilson, Ty Davis, Price, Jermichael Hasty, and Sermon. Um, and you know, one of those guys is, isn't going to be up on game days, but you will have an NFL player in reserve as long as your group's healthy, which I think is important because, mm-hmm. you know, we've said it a lot, like the 49ers are going to run the ball as much, if not more than any other team in the league this year. So I think ha- having five running backs makes a lot of sense. So you don't have to do the Jaquez Patrick thing um, and really bring in, you know, somebody from outside the building. Um, right. And you'll probably have Jordan Mason on the practice squad. And, and fingers crossed <laughs> and you'll have you know ultimately six running backs in the building I, I think that would make a lot of sense for them um and in terms of like the 53-man roster like I just don't know that there's a fourth tight end worth keeping on the roster um I know a lot of people have talked about them keeping six receivers I currently only have them keeping five because I think Me only too. five of those guys are NFL guys can I run something by you can I can I slam pause real quick yeah on... absolutely so I had four tight ends with Tyler Croft being the fourth one. And then I sacrificed an offensive lineman because I was looking at Justin school, Alfredo Gutierrez, Jordan Mills, Jason Poe, Nick Zakel, Keaton Sutherland, Donovan West, and Sam Schluter. And yeah, so those, are people. those are people. And I, I guess I figured Tyler Croft has been a productive NFL player. And none of the names I just said outside of Jordan Mills, who who they just recently signed, none of the players that I named have had any NFL career, much less any anything substantial in the NFL. So that's why I went with a fourth tight end, especially since I think we're going to see him run more multiple tight end sets uh, this year because they are going to be so run heavy. So I went eight offensive linemen with four tight ends. Yeah, eight is, eight is about the the smallest number you would you would have and and you know Nick right, do they have do they have a ninth NFL player that they're leaving off then well so I had and I, I got some some help from Nick who's who 
who has been Nick Wagner watching, ESPN Nick, Nick Wagner ESPN friend of the pod he's been uh he's been watching the pass rush drills closely um and one thing he did point out too was like Mike McGlinchey's you know currently getting platelet rich plasma injections into his knee mm. um and I, which apparently is unrelated to his quad injury he had last year, but it's also worth pointing out he had PRP injections. I want to say at one point in 2019, I forget exactly when, but he's had those before. So the he's had a history of knee issues, which is problematic. He's coming off the quad injury, which is problematic. Um, so maybe keeping an extra tackle just in case. Um, would track so like I just had Trent Williams McGlinchey Colton McKivitz who seems like he has a very firm grasp on the swing tackle job Jordan Mills um, and then Spencer Burford Aaron Banks and Jalen Moore at guard and then Jake Brendel Daniel Brunskill so I have nine Um, but if they did go eight that wouldn't surprise me because they've gone with eight before but I think just given that McGlinchey's a little bit banged up and I guess somewhat of a question mark right now like it doesn't sound like they're concerned about his availability early in the season but you don't know if and when he could suffer a setback. You might just want another guy there just in case. Um, so I went with nine. But yeah, four tight ends does make sense. I just don't know if they have a fourth guy who's like a legitimate NFL player. Like, I, I just haven't seen it, you know, in practice and whatever. I just sure. haven't really seen it. And I think you can get away with having three tight ends, even if you do want to be a heavier personnel team, because you have Kyle Juszczyk, who does right. a lot of tight end stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, you're not given how much Kyle use plays, you're really going to play him and George Kittle a lot. Um, and then you can make up the difference with, you know, Rostwell, your Charlie Warner, and then, you know, a third or third or fourth receiver, however you want to do it. But there are different ways to work around that, um, which I think is probably a little bit easier than trying to patchwork an offensive line situation. If one of your starters is potentially dealing with an injury going into the season, like McGlinchey is. That makes sense, I guess. So would you so you had who is your ninth lineman then? Jordan Mills. So you have Mills over the rookies. Yeah, I think he's probably the fourth tackle right now. And Jalen Moore can play tackle. Um Daniel Brunskill can play tackle too. So like they the the one thing the 49ers do have going for them, and obviously McKivitz can play tackle. They have a lot of versatility with their with yeah. guys who can play guards and tackle. Like McKivitz can play both, uh, Moore can play both, and Brunskill can play essentially all five. The other, the other, so Brunskill also, if you can believe it, dealing with a hamstring injury after one snap that might that might just kind of seal up the starting center battle. Yeah, if if he's not going to be available week one, it's Jake Brendel by default. I have no idea if Jake Brendel's good, honestly. No idea. He might Dude. be fine. He might they they might be fine with just a very average center. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean they're gonna kinda have to be right. It's kinda it's kinda yeah, like it's as much as we talk about the interior of the offensive line being a problem, it's also kind of like first world problems because if you're gonna construct a roster and you can be weak anywhere, you'd be like, All right, well, maybe guard and center question marks, like that that's probably yeah, it's not where you can cover it up. I know you. It, I can know it's be, like a, be, a young quarterback thing, but it's also like. But can they get to average to slightly below average, like just just so it's not an like a problem, like dude, they can't do anything in the run game because the middle of their offensive line evaporates immediately. I think they feel like they're there. Sure, and it it looked like it the other night. Yeah, 
and like I mean, Ban- Banks does have right. upside, and Burford certainly has upside mm-hmm. to be like quality starters. You don't know that they haven't gotten there yet. They haven't even played, but right. I would say the upside is there. I have no idea if Brendel has the same upside, and right. or if they're just like, yeah, he's good enough. That's all we need is right. somebody who's just good enough. Kick the can down the road as far as finding a long term option. Yeah, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You got anything else right now? I'm interested to see who their fifth. So they have to cut a fifth player. They 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 released four on Monday. They have to cut a fifth by Tuesday at one o'clock. So maybe after some of you are listening to this. Yeah. Um, I mean, Samuel Womack is pretty much wrapped up the starting nickel job. Your guy. Our guy, which. Are you ready I, for a victory lap? Are you going to victory lap? This I, I mean, I'm not going to victory lap it. I, I will point out, I'm pretty sure I said it in June. Did I say you said it June? a long time ago or earlier than that. I don't remember exactly when I said you, it. One you of said my that takes, they, they really like Samuel Womack. Yeah, one of my takes. And yeah, I, I did hear that they like Samuel Womack um, was that he would win the, the nickel job early on. And I mean, based on what he did Friday, see why not right and like kyle shanahan said it after the fact when somebody asked him like are you concerned about having such a young player in that spot he was like well when he first when he first got to know k1 williams he was a rookie starting for cleveland when shanahan was the offensive coordinator there in 2014 mm-hmm. i believe yeah yes. 2014 yep um, and then when he was with the Falcons and they went to the Super Bowl after the 2016 season, they had a seventh round pick rookie, I think, playing nickel for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is with Womack is he played a ton of football mm-hmm. um, in college. He, he ended up becoming a team captain. He was initially on a walk on, earned a scholarship and just, you know, all the pbu metrics and interceptions like he just got his hands on a lot of footballs mm-hmm. just a quality player like and he just... was really he was so after his first interception i started just kind of watching him specifically the other night and he's just he's he's around all the time there was never there was not any reps that i remember seeing granted it's not the all 22 views so but there there weren't a lot of reps i remember seeing where it was like wow he got toasted yeah and we've seen it like you know, since Kyle Shanahan's become head coach, whenever there's a a young player that plays a lot as a rookie, generally that player has proven he deserves the playing time. 
Yes. Right. Like we talk about how how hard Kyle Shanahan is on young guys and how difficult it is for them to earn his trust. Like that was a big issue mm-hmm. with cornerbacks last year, right? We're like Kyle Shanahan just needs to play these guys. Why doesn't he trust Ambry Thomas or Diamador Lenore? Well, he didn't think they were good enough. And I mean, that's a that that that's a problem in of itself. Like those guys not being good enough to play early on last season. So you have to play Josh Norman and, and Drake Kirkpatrick. Mm-hmm. But to be so Kyle Shanahan to be happy enough with Samuel Womack to be like, yeah, he's our week one nickel. Yeah. Like, I think that says a lot. Right. And yeah. I, and I think and- that, that, that manifested itself a little bit on Friday with like dudes just ripping the ball away from somebody after like the officials thought it was a completion initially. And then just having perfect coverage on the slant over the middle and just making an easy pick like that. That's the, not a ball that Jordan Love should have thrown, but still the coverage was was perfect. Like that's yeah. exactly how it should have looked. Um, so yeah, I mean, I Jordan Love's probably never seen that route covered that well, which is probably why he threw it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> potentially. So yeah, I, I just think if you're a young player and you play for a Kyle Shanahan team and you win a starting job as a rookie, I think that just bodes really well for your future overall. And I think that same thing goes as we were just talking about. I think that same thing goes for Burford. Yeah. Yeah, I Who's agree cuz look, no nobody knows how important Trey Lance is more than Kyle Shanahan, right? Like Yeah, he's not Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> livelihood is on the line with Trey Lance. So like he's going to feel good about the rookie who's playing guard. Mm-hmm. Because they do have a lot of bodies, right? Like they have a lot of guys who could have gotten first team reps at guard whether it's McKivitts or, you know, we can go down the list, but we don't right. need to because it seems like Burford has that spot wrapped up. But like, yeah, I think that's that's a strong point. And, you know, ultimately, like if Womax is starting nickel and Burford's a starting right guard, you feel pretty good about this draft class based on what we've already seen from Drake Jackson. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like Danny Jackson, Gray. Just I know Jackson didn't do a lot like statistically the other night, but. The question is always, does athleticism translate to the football field? And man, some of the stuff he did athletically the other night was was pretty incredible. I saw him. I I was watching practice on Sunday and he was doing an individual drill and he kind of slipped and like went to brace himself with his right arm and put his arm down. And it clearly the shoulder clearly grabbed him like he was in a lot of pain. And doing the bad body language thing when you have a bum shoulder, like your arms kind of hanging and not moving while you walk, like doing that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm concerned about he stayed in practice and like participated in team reps and said afterwards he was feeling OK. But like the shoulder might be a thing. And then I saw somebody post an article um, from SC or with a picture of him at SC and he had the same brace on his right shoulder. Mm. So I'm a little concerned, like. You know, the warning, the warning flags up on the right shoulder thing. Yep. Um, I don't want to overstate it, but like it can orange flag, not red. Sure. I mean, stingers are a problem like Ruben, Ruben Foster had shoulder issues like a lot. Remember, mm-hmm. like even dating back to college and then they proved to be problematic in the league. And um, but yeah, so that's that's the one concern I have with Drake Jackson. But yeah, like Drake Jackson. Probably going to play a lot. Yeah. Danny Gray gonna play a lot like probably the only real true deep threat i mean i shouldn't say that because debo and iu could probably do it but like the guy who's going to be running those routes game changing speed yeah the guy who's going to be running the those routes the most is going to be danny gray Mm -hmm. um and then burford starting right guard like 
and Womack, you're starting nickel. Early returns, that's a very, very nice contrib- contribution from a draft class. And you remember, sure. like, the thing you that one of the things that really stood out stood out about the 2019 team was how important that draft class was because you mm-hmm. had Nick Bosa, you had Debo Samuel, you had Dre Greenlaw, like you had contributions from that class in substantial ways in that first season. And it looks like there's at least a possibility that you're going to get a good contribution from your draft class this year. So that's, that could be something we talk about, you know, a year from now, how, how much experience that group got and how good it potentially could be. You want to real quick talk about if we're allowed to Debo Samuel playing running back in practice. Are they going to make his pull this down? Look, here's um, a, here's, so a, here's look, I don't I want to either... put you in a bad position. So I was not at practice. So I'm going to go off what I saw on the internet. The video that surfaced on the internet of the play the Niners ran with Debo in the backfield and someone going in motion. And then I think it was Trey Sermon next to next to Lance in the pistol. It looked like a nightmare to defend. And it made me a lot more optimistic about the 49ers offense this year because it was like, oh, that's one play in practice. And that looks like hell. So I can not confirm nor deny what plays the 49ers ran at practice that required all these beat writers deleting their tweets with details. But if I were to speculate, we saw it. Do you remember? (laughs) Do you remember Trey Lance in the preseason game against the Raiders last year? Yes, The one at the goal line, the one at the goal line where it was like Jalen Hurd was in motion and they did like a fake to him and then like had kind of like a triple option like a zone, zone read zone yeah. read type look like going one way and you had Jalen Hurd going the other there could be something like that coming or different variations of that coming um this season utilizing Trey Lance potentially as a runner in addition to other playmakers who may or may theoretically who, or, who may or may not have had 1700 yard seasons last year Huh. Playing receiver and they also Cooper playing Cup? running back. Look, I, I'm again. I'm not saying that the 49ers did all these unique things at practice. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised at all if some of those things were called yeah. and different variations of it were called. Yeah. Um, during the season, I'm just really not trying to get my credential taken away. <laughs> if, <laughs> but no, that's all allegedly. That's all allegedly. Yeah, well, I think everybody can pick up what we're putting down. Like, hey, how, hey, how, hey, how messed up would it be if is it not Nathaniel Hackett? He's the Broncos. Uh, Matt Eberflus, the yeah. Bears head coach. If he's week one, he's like, yeah, we had no idea, but then we listened to Candlestick Chronicles. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, we mind. We mind. We mind the 49ers content machine and figured it out right and and part of it like i i have a suspicion because kyle shanahan knows the media is out there like we can watch all those plays and like right you know part of my suspicion is he does it on purpose because he wants it out there and he he just it's kind of like playing mind games with future opponents mm-hmm. because nfl teams are on twitter and nfl teams mine twitter for tidbits like that's a thing that happens mm-hmm. so like that's why teams like you know the communications department for the Niners will say, you know, these are our practice policies and do not report where with the except like when fans aren't at practice, when fans are at practice, we can live tweet practice and kind of say, you, you know, that we can have a little bit more freedom with what we tweet. Right. 
there are no fans at practice anymore. So like now they're doing kind of the tricky stuff that they're going to do in games that they didn't do while fans were there because so many fans are, you know, tweet tweeting out what's happening and all that. Um, so I understand like why they want to be secretive about it, but also I'm like Kyle Shanahan probably wants this stuff out. So like teams are paranoid about it and then they do something else to counter it, you know? Like they'll sure. run this play to this player and and the video will leak online and they'll pretend to be upset about it. And then when the game comes, they'll have another player run the exact opposite direction out of the same look that they scouted right. on Twitter. You know, like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think bro, stuff like if, that happens. If, if tweets were what was going to derail Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> offense. Right. Not the greatest minds, defensive minds in history. Nothing like that. Right. Like, I mean, the whole point that like the whole tweet from practice, it's going to do them in like a very substantial part of Kyle Shanahan's offense is just being able to run multiple plays out of the same look. Right. So like Kyle use checks are valuable. Right. So he doesn't really he doesn't really care if people are like, oh, yeah, like they use this formation with this guy in the backfield. It's like, yeah, then they they run run this play and they'll do the exact opposite. And they're going to run it once in a game and then it's on tape for everybody. Right, exactly. So, yeah. and some of these things already are on tape, but you can you can look at what Trey Lance has done in the running game and what the 49ers did last year with certain skill guys and put two and two together and figure out what kind of plays they ran on Sunday that all the beat writers had to delete their tweets about. Except one. Well, I was just super vague cuz I knew it was happening. Like I knew as soon as that like cuz they did like eight plays in a row like that. Sure. And I was like, all right, I'm going to tweet about it, but be as vague and innocuous as I can be. So nobody yells at me and nobody yelled at me from from the Niners, thankfully. Hey, I was so I went to go do a post because everybody on the beat tweeted like, (laughs) hey, wide back. And I was like, oh, great. This is good. Like, this is good content for me. People searching fantasy football. What's Debo's role and stuff. And so I went to go grab all the tweets and they were all gone. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Yeah, they all the got deleted post haste. <laughs> Except one. Shout out to uh Except shout one. out to NBC Sports. Oh, not mine? You're not talking about mine? No. Oh, damn. I thought you were talking about mine. No, I, I, I don't think exactly. I don't Hold think on, you mentioned specifically. Okay. Mayoko Mayoko basically was just like, yeah, Debo Samuel was a running back today. Mm, yeah. Great. Thanks. So man. I said, I said, Kyle Shanahan starting getting creative with offensive play calling a few unique, a few unique looks, taking advantage of Trey Lance's athleticism and his playmakers as the team gears up for the regular season. Very good. <laughs> but I was no formation looking stuff, for Debo. No, no, no formation stuff. Nobody's name outside of Trey Lance. But I can tell you as somebody who really enjoys like what Kyle Shanahan's offense can look like. This <laughs> I is you were gonna say PR. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, this is like there's there's some really cool stuff that Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan can do with Trey Lance at quarterback and his array of playmakers. A lot of football dorks. To, to, we we are among these people. A lot of football dorks posting like all twenty two of like, oh look at what Shanahan did here. Yeah, this season. Yeah, he's gonna be in his bag. Yeah, like the Saints game. In 2019, yeah, the Rams game with Debo throwing passes. That Rams game where Jimmy was hurt and they didn't throw a ball more than like three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Yeah, there was that one. Yeah, the, the Niners are going to be creative from an X's and O's standpoint. I'm really excited. 
That was my that was my takeaway from Sunday's practice. So, no specifics, allegedly, hypothetical. Yeah, hypothetical, hypothetical, alleged X's and O's. <laughs> Got anything else? No. Happy birthday, man! Thanks, dog. I guess this that is, is something else. Yeah, happy birthday. This is how I wanted to spend my afternoon. Yeah, I I can't think of a better way for you to spend your birthday than than pod about training camp, obviously. Yeah, um, but no, no, man, I'm I'm super vibing. thankful, super thankful to uh, to work with you all the time. I don't know, Same, man. I hope I don't I I express that enough. Um, but yeah, man, you're a good pal, good podcast host, and uh, I appreciate you. So happy birthday! Thanks, man. I oh. appreciate you. Shout out to our guy Craig in Minnesota who sent us the lamb chops gear again. Um, it's so sick. Just really great stuff. Super high quality. Let me pull up the. Uh, the They're Instagram the nicest so I t-shirts I own. Yeah. They're the nicest t-shirts I own. And it's honestly like the shorts. I'm not even going to try to describe them because you need to go see them. But every once in a while when you're in a store, you'll see a thing that's like. Oh, that's I love that thing. I need to own it. Yeah. That's how every pair of these shorts are. Like if I saw them in a store, I would immediately gravitate. Yeah. So on Instagram, they're SG Lamb Chops. Um, and the shorts are like the last like four four or five posts. Um, we got like killer whale joints, we got lions, we got Wolves. wolves. Seashells, uh, coral. They're just like these mesh shorts with these super dope patterns. Um, and everything's super high quality and very comfortable, like you said. Um, so shout out to Craig, our guy. Um, happier glasses on the socials. Um, he's a, a very, very valued listener of the pod, showed up Pretty to Cooperage last year. Um, just overall high, high quality human. So shout out to him. And we appreciate the quote, man. We always appreciate free things. If anybody wants to send us free things, DM Kyle and, and <laughs> We'll, we'll gladly accept it. <laughs> totally. So. All, right. All right, man. Happy birthday. Subscribe, rate, review. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.